everyone here to the virtual outrage. It's the first time Alan and I have had to go onto the internet and be able to do our episodes this year. Only episode three, Al. I mean, pretty quick for you and I. But between your all your hockey and all my trying to make some money to afford college, it's been kind of problematic trying to get you and I in the studio together. Yeah, I mean, that and I've also gone full lazy considering how busy I've been in the last uh, 48 hours. So, But, I mean, hey, this is why we have things like this, right? And, I mean... Um, this was a norm during COVID, so yeah, you still and I a norm. Would go with class, eh? <laughs> oh, geez, yeah. Let's not go there. But let's just let's just stick to what we're, you know, somewhat good at, which is sports. Oh, no, I'm good at. That. You're somewhat. Don't don't try to lock. Okay. Me oh, okay. Right. I'm I, good. You're good. somewhat. Okay. I thought I I considered us as equal sometimes, a little bit. Oh, you, you definitely like envelope. That's, you, that's pushing the envelope, babe. Eh? Yeah. You, you okay. like to think so there. Ha- a Hurricanes fan with the Leaf flag with the Hurricane shirt on. I mean, it's actually I, pretty, actually pretty sad. Like there, like I, I was telling you earlier, like the Fetch jerseys right there in the background. Then I got the flag for the Leafs, and then I got the the Hurricanes flag, or Hurricanes T-shirt right on my chest. That's kind of funny, but yeah, I love it. Magical, magical. Anyway, we're going to be talking about football. Football games are going on all day long, and they continue, as you and I record this, at about 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, We also can talk about some baseball, some big retirements there in in St. Louis. Also, playoffs are almost here. I believe we got about a series and a half left before they show up, Al, and we get to watch the Blue Jays get eliminated in the wild card game. And then lastly, Al and I are going to talk about some hockey. As you can tell, Al is a hockey guy. I also do like my hockey. My attack plaque is right there where my finger is pointing. My Bruins plaque from all the cups. If one is over there. But anyway, we'll talk about where we place divisions because Al and I have an interesting way of doing it. We're not just going to give you who we think makes the playoffs. We're going to go one through eight every division to tell you who we think to make the playoffs and where we think they're going to land in each division. So hopefully you enjoy that. I thought it was a different take on explaining why we think teams are going to be good versus bad. But anyway, starting off, Al, we're going to start fun. off with football. And football, obviously, let's get right into it. The, the big story coming out of this week, without this weekend being done yet, is Tua Tagovailoa. The poor young man yeah. now was released from hospital, was taken into hospital after a... Another head injury, I'll say another, because allegedly he didn't have a head injury coming out of week two, which I think you and I can both agree is complete garbage. It's complete garbage. Oh, it's... Like, yeah. <laughs> come on, man. We're, we're, oh, we're going to have, we're gonna have like, the outrage like, right now, because oh, I'm, I have a concussion history. Like, I've been, I've taken my fair share of hits to the head playing hockey, and um, this was a joke. This was an absolute joke. Like, after the first hit against the, like, or when he took that first hit to the head against the Bills in week three, and you can see he was in discomfort, and you can see, well, his legs weren't around. even underneath. Yeah. He was his legs weren't even there. Yeah. How, how the heck do you allow a guy like that to come back? I don't care if he passes whatever protocol, you know, concussion protocol. It was. I, well, first of all, he didn't pass. They're full of crap. Clearly, he didn't pass because the, the NFLPA fired the doctor yeah. or the specialist that yeah, they fired the neurotrauma. They, they, yeah. <laughs> you know, the worst part is you read the quote, it says many mistakes were made. And I'm like, Oh really? What gave it away? The fact that you let him back onto the field when his legs weren't there. Come and on. He, and then he goes back to the next game and gets hurt again. And then gets stretchered off the field, taken to a local hospital. Luckily was released that night, but it's been such a gruesome it's unreal. Disgusting way from the NFL. 
And I love Jalen Ramsey's quote of, let's not worry about jersey policies. Let's worry about player safety. How about that? It's absolutely. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, how that situation completely avoidable. And my other question is, how does the NFL continue to manage to drop the ball on so many things that seem so freaking simple? The Deshaun Watson thing. I'm sorry. That guy shouldn't see the field for the entire season, in my opinion. Considering the MLB has done with Trevor Bauer and his allegations, right, made against him. For those of you who don't know, Trevor Bauer, he's done till 2024 <laughs> because of sexual, sexual allegations. And they didn't they didn't even, they found him. They didn't even find. Um, uh, I want to le- have the legal right term here, but um, those allegations were, I believe, acquitted. Yes, there you go. Thank you. Um, Watson's a lot of so, recently, so I, I'm yeah. The so there's that, and then there's the Colin Kaepernick situation. That's self-explanatory as to how they drop the ball because, oh, like Kaepernick, in my opinion, should still be in this league. Should have never left. Should have never been, you know, sidelined or whatever. And you have this. Like, it's so, like, concussions are, I think, the least dark situations out of all of those scenarios I just listed, where it's clear as day, like, what should have been done and what shouldn't have been done. And yet, they somehow still managed to screw it all up. I'm frustrated. Because Tua now could be out for four weeks, maybe more, depending on how his recovery goes. Um, I, they haven't officially released his diagnosis. Obviously, it's a concussion. Um, for those of you who have had concussions, you'll know, or you probably guessed the same as me, where it's a, it, he was probably diagnosed as impact concussion. Two to four week recovery time, depending on how well your brain heals. And it, it's a severe thing. This could, This can kill you. Like honestly, it's a simple, it's a simple, yeah. And well, that's the other thing, right? What if he comes back after he's healed, cleared, good to go, properly checked out, hopefully, and he's head again, and it's just as hard and just as bad as the other two. Pray, pray that doesn't happen. Is two the Dolphins have actually been really impressive this season, so I hope not the case. But you know, worst case scenario, this can kill you. Like brain injuries are no joke. And the NFL, I believe, something this simple was mishandled. Yeah. It's, it's a, I'm outraged, Spencer. I am outraged. <laughs> but, I, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And no, it was – it's gruesome the way that the Dolphins handled the situation. It, it is. Like, he has this tackle in week two where he gets hit. His head snaps back, hits the turf. He gets off stumbling like, like everyone kind of mentioned here in Canada was the John Tavares – uh, when he kind of got up and then fell backwards again because he just was not all there. His brain's telling him to get up, and his body was not ready to get back up yet. And Tua kind of had that stumbling moment, and then um, came back in the game, finished the game, comes into week. Uh, not just not just that he played this week. Not just were they were they expecting him to play a week after. They played the Thursday nighter. So that means he had even less time to prepare himself after having alleged concussions. They said it was back. And I want to say back, neck, maybe even ankle. I don't. I, I, like, if you're anyone, like, you watch that play. You're not buying it for one second. Like, when I oh, saw no. that it was his backer, like, whatever you just listed, like, I was like, you know what? We, can, we won't even censor this one. That was bullshit. That was complete, utter bullshit. And 
again, like, it's as if the NFL they had to even step it. It's such a simple situation. You yeah. sit him. I don't care what he tells you. I don't care how fine he says he is. His legs were gone. They were not there. He could barely stand under his own power. And then look at it was actually disturbing to watch. It's one thing. I hate to bring this up because this was actually really, this was all nasty to watch uh, when it did happen. When John Tavares took Corey Perry's knee, Corey Perry, sorry, Corey Perry's knee to the head. That was gruesome to watch. That hard for a lot of people. Even now, just talking about it makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. The way Tua was, was just as bad. He was not there. His, it was his body reacting, going into shock for getting knocked out. And the brain, for those of you who don't know, a concussion is when your brain moves. It rattles. Around. It gets rattled a little more than it normally would, than a little bump and whatnot. And it's got to recover from the shock of that movement. And that takes time, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah it takes a but, little more than about 15 minutes and an aspirin or a Well, yeah, it takes more than a freaking a, a, a half time and uh, let's say four days of recovery, all right? Tua, in my opinion, should have at least been out for a week. Maybe maybe a week and a half or more at first after that first hit against them in week three. Now, if this guy plays before the end of this month, I'm not going to have a complete problem with it, but it better be near Halloween and not anything before that. Because if he comes back before then, I'm still not going to be completely satisfied with the way that this situation is handled. But actually, I don't think I ever will be because you know what? This could come back down the road. Could be week ten. Could be week fifteen. Could be the end of the season. Could be here. Could be ten years from now if he does play that long in the league, which everything I've seen so far tells me he could. He has the potential right now. Well, as of right now, as of right now, maybe not. But you know, this could bite him in the butt later on. Yeah. Even after he's out of the game. Yeah. And this is why they got to get their shit together now. I'm not one to usually swear. I tried to keep this podcast clean. Shit is probably the closest thing you'll hear to swearing about this, or uh, on this podcast, rather. And this is unacceptable. The NFL's got to do something because this can't happen again. And I feel like that's a line that's used way too much. This can't happen again. That line has been used way too much in the last decade, the last three to five years. It, something's got to get done. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'll continue to the timeline, just in case you don't watch a whole football and you just you skip over things. So, you know, Tua, as you said, gets that head injury in the week before, last week. Yeah, we against the Bills. Comes back to the, comes back to the game, finishes the game, gets ready again. Short week, not even getting Sunday to Sunday or Sunday to Monday, Sunday to Thursday. She so has to get ready in four days' time to get ready for a Thursday night against Cincinnati. I believe it was Cincinnati. Yeah, I was right. They lost it to Cincinnati. And in the second quarter, he gets hit again, and he gets absolutely crunched, and he doesn't get up, and they have to stretch him off the field, and he has to go to a a Cincinnati hospital. And now he has been released, and the the neurotrauma consultant was fired, as Al said. So not only do we all know as an open secret to the NFL, that was that was one of the most bungled situations they've ever had in the recent memory. 
and you can go down the list of things. Spy gate, bounty gate, deflate gate, you know, yeah, like, situation, drug situation. Go down the list. And the reason why this is different from what you say when you talk about the, the Henry Rugg situation where he killed someone because he was drunk driving, driving really high rates of speed in, in Las Vegas. Deshaun Watson with the sexual assault allegations. The difference between this and everything else is this happened on the field, completely controlled by the NFL and their doctors, and C, and way more importantly, this is the most important fact for me, is everyone talks about football with CTE, head injuries, concussions, and they openly neglected one. Openly neglected one. Oh, yeah, everyone this... saw the play. Everyone yeah. saw the head, head, head sat back. Everybody saw it. No one in... Anyone who ever saw that play, saw the replay of it, could tell you, oh, he's got a concussion. There's something wrong there. Like, he's definitely got something. That, that rattled him for even a second. Like, that rattled him. That, you know, that, there's something happened there. And all of a sudden, he's back in that football game. Not only that, he then cleared to play the next week, which was a four-day rest. It was a short week for him. Not only was he still in practice, he then gets rattled again. And this time it's serious. And this time he doesn't get back up. There's a problem. And I completely agree with Jalen Ramsey's line, which I said earlier. Was you know the NFL should stop caring about jersey policies and actually start caring about player safety, and the NFL openly admitted they neglected this man because they fired the neurosurgeon, or they fired the neurotrauma consultant. Pardon me. No one on God's green earth fires that person unless they know they know it was mishandled. Because what's the reason, Al? Why would you fire you know that coach if you didn't know? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like exactly. It's, it's so it's been so bungled by the NFL. That it's just yep. showing you how much the leagues don't care. They don't. Yeah. And they don't need to. And that's the most angering part, Al, is they don't need to care. And I'm not saying this is funny in the sense like, haha, this is funny. I'm just saying like, this is funny, like in the sense of like, it boggles my mind. But like, <laughs> first thing it reads when they announce the firing of that uh, neuro, um, yeah, neuro, yeah, the yeah. neuro consultant. Yeah. Um, was mistakes were made. Thanks. You know what my first thought was when I read that? No shit. <laughs> no shit. Uh, I have a 12-year-old cousin. She does not watch football. She barely watches sports. <laughs> she can watch that play, and she would have gone, yeah, something's wrong there. And then if I would have told her a couple days later that, oh, yeah, remember that guy that got hit? Yeah. Well, he's playing again. She'd go, what? She's 12. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that he was concussed and he shouldn't have been out there. Well, anyway. not just, and not even I, want to say concussed. Not even if you want to go that far it, and diagnose the concussion. Just even say, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong. Uh, we should hold them out and do further tests to figure it out. Because we don't want to have a serious injury later down the line. Because we all know, if you're a hockey fan or even a sports fan, you've heard of that guy who's had that couple concussions in a short period of time, have to retire. My sister did it for rugby. I can think of Sidney Crosby with all the concussions he had in a short a short span. Like, it happens regularly in sport, and it's way more important than people want to admit, especially in leagues of contact like football. You know, so I think it's way more important that leagues pay attention and care and that they don't dangle situations like this again because it happens too often now. It happens too often. Yep, it does happen too often. It's sad, but uh, anyways, that's I think we've covered too uh, enough. I think people understand the message that this is this was silly, this was reckless, 
And this was the NFL once again dropping the ball on something so simple to deal with and can get done. And now a man's health, potentially his career longevity, is in jeopardy for something that could have been so simple. Anyways, it, that's uh, that, that, that was very cathartic. I felt very relieved or, you know, lots of weight taken off my shoulders. I've been waiting to rant to someone about this for a while. Not everybody I'm surrounded by uh, is a huge sports fan. So sometimes after a while, like after five, two to five minutes of sports talk, they're like, okay, go away now. <laughs> Stop talking. This is why we do this. This is like, uh, you know, how we just let go of things. Sports therapy. Sports therapy. What, what's, what's next, Spencer? Well, we're going to skip over some of the games here today because none of them really matter. But I can tell you, for I can tell you, the Lions lost by three points, 48-45. They're still fighting. I told you, they're going to play everybody close. They're going to play everybody close. Love me some Lions. They play everybody close. Man, I, was hope, I had the Lions pick this week. Yes, you did. Uh, the Jets beat the Steelers because their offense is hot garbage. Hot garbage. Haven't seen something. Uh, their offense is so atrocious. It's, it's hard to compare it to anything. Uh, the Cowboys beat the command, the commies, beat the commanders. No surprise there. The commanders are fantastic. Well, the fan command, pardon me, the commanders suck. Cowboys suck too. They just happen to be better than Washington. And the Bills sneak out a win against the Ravens. There's some controversy on their sideline. With uh, their star cornerback, Marcus Peters, arguing with head coach John Harbaugh. But anyway, now we're going to go to baseball. I'm going to start off with a big sight to see in St. Louis. The uh, Cardinals had three mainstays of their organization over the last two decades have, reti- have almost officially retired. Adam Wainwright, Yadier Molina, and Albert Pujols all left in the fifth inning today of their last home game in St. Louis. And uh, they all walked off the field together, I believe, in the, I'll say the, the uh, top of the fifth. As, as a collective, all got subbed out. And it was a great sight to see. I will make sure I put that, you know, in here so you can see it. But just what a great moment. Albert Pujols hit one, uh, 702, I believe it was yesterday. So now he's got a career 702 home runs. Putting him, I believe that is top six for ever being able to do it. But, you know, what a career he's had and what a career Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright have had out. I mean, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Albert Pujols, I mean, this guy here was a Hall of Famer the moment he hit, in my opinion, I'm going to say 400 home runs. And after he won his his first ring. To me, for baseball, you got to hit a lot of dingers. You got to be, obviously, a consistent player for, you know, uh, a certain amount of years. And you got to win at least a ring to top it off. It helps to win a ring when you win a ring to like get you in that Hall of Fame ballot conversation. But I mean, Pujols, you knew for the last ten years he'd be a he'd be a Hall of Famer. That was that was no no doubter. Yadier Molina, in my opinion, also a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Uh, longtime catcher for the same team. Yeah. Right. Him and Pujols have been these guys have been ride or die for quite some time. Even Adam Wainwright too, like. I think they, I think I saw the stat the other day that those two are the longest teammates. Battery. Yeah, battery. Yeah. Um, Which means pitcher and character combination. If you don't yeah. know what battery means. Yeah. So uh, they, they've had the long. They're, they're pro, I think they have like one of the longest 
I think they are, are officially the longest battery ever in baseball. Yeah, the longest battery. Yeah. 58 games. But you got to think, you know, that doesn't sound like a lot. Pitchers only pitch about 32 times a year. Starting pitch. Yep. Only pitch about 32 times a year. That's if you don't get hurt. That means Yadier Molina has caught Adam Wainwright pitching for well over 15 seasons. Because you got to think 30 times 15 is around that 300 mark. Oh, Spencer, so, don't start don't start math with me, buddy. This is not going to work. I'm just going to take your word for it. And yeah, and not including you know Wainwright, Tommy John, which he had he just after they won the World Series and some stuff. And obviously Yadier Molina's injury. So it's an amazing accomplishment for those two athletes, and you know it is just quite a sight to see them all walk off the field at the same time down in St. Louis. It, it's it's definitely unreal, and I mean you know what it's guys like that that make you appreciate the game of baseball. Like those guys, clean careers, all have rings. You know they played the game the right way, and. For them to just that that's the way you want to end your career in my opinion if i were to play pro sport whether it's baseball hockey football you name it that's how that's that's a the proper way to walk it off yeah and not a real better way of doing it eh? i don't think you can write it any better than that and for those three like i said i like all of them as individuals even though i'm not a cards fan but like those are the kinds of guys you appreciate. Those are, for me, those are pioneers for the game of baseball. I, I, I think that's the icons for sure, especially in the St. Louis area, being able to win those World Series, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, so I, I, it's really cool. Um, I mean, Pujols, uh, not really a surprise. Adam Wainwright, eh, I, maybe, maybe he, I kind of think he could have had, a, he has a bit more in the tank, but um, it's up to him, I guess. And Yadier Molina, well, I mean, he's, Geez, yeah, he's he was getting up there. So I mean that he kind of makes sense. But to me, pool host obviously is the obvious retirement. Yeah. Um, I mean, you knew if he hit seven hundred, that would be it. Like yeah. even if he would have finished the season with like six ninety five, I guarantee you he would have came back next season. He said he wouldn't, and that was the big thing. That's why everyone wanted him to come back because he was so far away to start the year because he had such a problem in Los Angeles when he was an angel, and then went to the Dodgers and was kind of mediocre, and then he went to St. Louis for this last year, and he kind of ran that hot streak. Nearing the end of, I'll say, July. But I mean, sometimes all you need is a reset, right? Like, yeah. sometimes all you need is a reset. So, like, going back to your roots where you started, where, you know, the cards, that's... Where it all began. That was, yeah, that's that's a smart move. And, I mean, it worked out. So, yeah. good good for pool hosts. And um, do we get to talk wild card? Yeah, we do get to talk wild card. Talk about the wild card. How can we skip over the Blue Jays getting out after one game of the playoffs? Playoffs, might I add. We also got to mention... My boy Aaron Judge for the best team in baseball hit number 61. He officially tied Roger Maris's record for most home runs ever in the AL. And also most ever by a non-PED player, a performance-enhancing drug player. It's great. So, yeah, know, yeah that, very happy. Very happy. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. I mean, oh man, okay, well, I, I'm chatty about, both, like, every baseball player. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling. Was that out? You lagged out. Of course I did. Um, I said we want to start with this. Do we like where? where who, pick a topic and I'll, I'll chat about it because I'm feeling really chatty about baseball today. I'm, I'm talking Aaron Judge, baby, the best hitter in baseball, right. going for the triple crown, going okay. for the MVP. All right, want to talk Aaron Judge? You know what, Spencer? I don't know if this will make it to YouTube or not, but Uh-oh. I'm going to show you something. And you're going to lose your mind. 
All right, give me a second. Uh-oh, there's Big Al. You saw the big frame. There he is. Look at him. Look at that absolute, look at the absolute mammoth of the man he is. Oh, my God. No, you don't. Come on, Al. The Jays fan you are, owning an Aaron Judge jersey. So, here's the funny thing, all right? Aaron Judge is one of my favorite players in the league. I've liked him ever since he came onto the scene. And that Yankee jersey is one of my favorites. I, I'm not a big fan of the pinstripes, to be honest, but blue's kind of my color-ish. So, anyways, I'm super happy the way everything went down. I did not want a single fan, Yankee or Blue Jay, to catch that damn ball. Me neither. Me neither. I'm glad it... Yeah. For those of you who don't know this, by the way, Aaron Judge, that 61st home run ball went to his mother because his mother and Roger Maris Jr. in attendance for that one. And it was awesome. Went into the Jays' bullpen. Unfortunate that it happened in Toronto, but at the same time, you know, I guess it's kind of cool. Uh, both playoff teams anyways. Uh, barely. One, one division leader and one oh. kind of playoff team. You're right. Kind of playoff team. The little brother to the, you know, the, the main course, yeah. if you will. But... Yeah, so I'm super happy the way it went down. I'm glad Judge hit, you know, he tied that record. I hope he breaks it. I really, I really, I know the season's like coming down to the final three or four games. I want him to at least get 63. And if he can somehow just go on an absolute tear in the final games and hit like have two run games, I'd love for him to hit 65. Well, I'll be honest here, Al. As long as they don't pull what the Jays did in the second game of that series and walk him four times, then he has a great chance of doing it. He has a great chance to do it if he was up a bunch of teams who are scared to throw at him, which is like the first time that they've done it all year. And that's angering me. And I'm going to have another rate going on because this really upset me. It's really upset me. So in our group chat, I was out with a friend. Her and I went out. We, uh, we, were, we were out. We went out for dinner at around late, late 8 o'clock, maybe 9 o'clock. And the Jays and Yankees were playing. And it was the eighth inning. And it was Judge's last at bat. And I'm walking. The Yankees are up 5-2. And I'm happy. And Judge hadn't hit, um, hadn't hit it yet. I don't believe. I don't think he hit 61 yet. Um, but he came up for his last at bat, and it said 0 for 1. And I went, "How is he 0 for 1 in the eighth inning?" And they walked him again. It was his fourth walk of the game out. The Jays walked him four times out of five at bats. The second time's happened all season. And I texted the group chat, said the Jays, the Jays are blank. You know, they're scared to throw at him. And everyone's like, well, Spencer's the best hitter in baseball. I'm like, yeah, but you don't do it now. You don't do it when he's at 60. You do it when he's at 50 or 40, 20 above the next best hitter. You do it earlier in the year when it actually matters. Now, you're just being scared. You're just playing scared to be scared. And I can't, as a guy who would love to coach, I can't get behind that. I can't get behind the idea of your head coach telling you, don't do that. We're scared of him. Don't do that. No, you don't play scared, period, no matter what you're doing, what you're playing, what, you're, what, what your activity is. You don't play scared. If we're going to play him, we're going to play him straight up because at least at the end of the day, we can say we did our best. I'm not going to walk him four times and then say, well, at least you hit number 61 today. Woo! Great job, guys. Grab this champagne when we clinch the wild card spot. Like, what a joke. What an absolute joke. How about, instead of doing that, how about you, hope, how about you grab some cojones and say, you know what? We're not scared of that guy. We're not scared of that guy to the point where I don't want to walk him once this whole series. I want to pitch to him every single at-bat. I want to make him strike out, ground out, fly out. 
I'm not scared of him. We're not scared of him. We're going to pitch to him and prove it. We're the only team in baseball to not walk him because we're not scared of that kid. We're not. I don't care how many home runs he's got, 60 or not. I don't care what his average is, 318 or not. Don't care. We're throwing at him because I want to prove to everybody else that we ain't scared of him. When we play them in the playoffs, that's what they're going to see. Because, Al, let's be honest here. The Jays could play the Yankees in the playoffs. And what a, what a way to enter the playoffs. Oh, yeah, we're scared of your best hitter. We're going to walk him four times every game. He's going to he's gonna get the Barry Bonds treatment. Like, what an absolute joke. Absolute joke. Jay should be ashamed of himself. So should every team, to be honest, who's been scared of Judge all year. Come on now. Grow some cojones. Throw at him. This is uh, outrage moment number two for whoever's it, keeping track. Because Al is out. Then this is the big point. If it was the shoe on the other foot, if Vlad Guerrero Jr. was at number 60, and the Yankees were playing him at Yankee Stadium in the sec- third last series, and he was walked four times, I'd be pissed off. Because I do not. I refuse to be scared of an athlete. I don't care. No, you throw at him. I, if Vlad's going to do it, Vlad's going to do it in New York. That's fine. I don't care. Don't give him the ball. So here's, I do. here's my thought. I actually agree with you. And here's my deal. I've been saying, and I have this on record. You can find my Twitter account. It's there. It is there. You have to find it. I'm not giving you my handle. You can go find it yourself. Do your research. We got to do ours. You you do yours. Anyways. They should have stopped throwing a judge the moment he hit 30 home runs. Because I tweeted out. I wrote it. I said, how are teams still throwing at this guy. It doesn't matter where you're throwing to him. He's going to hit it. Inside. Inside up. Inside down. Outside and away. Up and away. High fastball. Straight down the middle. Does not matter. Watch the highlight reel. He is hitting the damn ball. So for me, it was like, okay, yeah, he's close to the record. Point pitch to him. Screw it. You you. You had all season to stop pitching to the man, and you decided to stop. You decide to stop, like you pointed out. You decide to stop pitching to him when he's on the verge of history. You know what? We're gonna have to bleep this out. We will have to bleep this out. Oh, that will bleep. What a head move! Literally, no, like that's just angry me, It's not that I don't get that he's one of the best hitters in baseball. You shouldn't throw to him. I get that. I completely understand that. But why are we doing it now? Why is it happening in the third last series of the, of, the, of the season? Why isn't this happening in game 102 or game 82 yep. or game 62? Why is this happening now? It doesn't yep. make any sense. Yep. Like, why are you not going to him now when the playoffs is basically set in stone? You can't tell me you don't know where you are. You can't tell me that because we all know that Jays are top of the wild card. The Yankees already clinched the division. So what are we doing now? Why are we having this argument when we all know where we're going to sit when the cards are done? So let's just be honest here and just say, you know what? We're not going to be scared of this kid because if we play on the playoffs, they're going to think we're scared of him. That's not going to happen right I'm now. Not, and, and I want to make this clear. I'm not saying just give it to him. No, no. Make, make him work for it. Throw exactly. the best thing you've got. But don't freaking... Just walk him. Tr- tr- that's bullshit. And you know what? They're better than that. I can't believe it went on for that long. I thought it was funny because, again, I don't like the Yankees. I like Aaron Judge, but I don't like the Yankees. But when I saw that, I was like, I, I, I'm not a full... I'm kind of on the wagon for the Jays. I've been following them since 15 been following him since so i'm more and more of a fan the more i've seen them i've watched them play that's how it usually works right i think but i was kind of one of those guys where i'm like you know what 
I'm going to step off at this stop and I'll catch the, the, the other train later. I got off the Blue Jays train when they were doing that. Uh, oh, it's just, it's, there's nothing more angering than watching a team that I support in the Yankees, you know, getting that type of treatment. And then I say, well, I just think it's kind of ridiculous. And then everyone's just one of the most best hitter in baseball. Do you want to just pitch to him? Exactly. I want you to strike him out. That's what I want. I want him to go 0 for 5 with 4Ks on ground out because then at least it shows me that he just had a bad night. Instead of you walking him four times, and we'll never know. And literally every count that night went to full count. Every single count went 3-2. And oh, man. You know, yeah. they, were, they were trying to get him out. No, they weren't. They wouldn't have walked him four times and struck him out the one time. Like, yeah, no, that was a waste. Three, yeah. In his first three at-bats, I literally looked it up. In his first three at-bats, he swung the bat three times. The first bat he swung twice because he had two fouls. And they didn't swing, he swung one swing in the second at bat, literally didn't swing the whole third at bat and walk. Literally, the bat stayed on his shoulder for all seven pitches. Like, what yep, an absolute and, joke. Like, what? And I'm going to call it. Giving the offer what a joke. What an absolute joke. Absolute joke. So now I'll on to the wild card. Yep. Jay's currently in the top spot in the AL. Seattle in second, Rays in third. All officially claim the Orioles cannot catch nobody. So the AL is set. The NL, on the other hand, is not set yet. Milwaukee still has a prayer. One and a half games back of the Phillies for the third spot in their race, as well as the Padres still not clinching theirs yet, but they're three games up on uh, Milwaukee. So they have a pretty good chance of uh, clinching their wild card spot. But right now the Mets are the only team of claim. This is the Mets, the Cardinals, the Braves and the Dodgers have won 110 games. First time the Dodgers have done that since 1909. This is made in LA. But who do you think makes it in the NL? Do you think the Padres are able to jump the Phillies, or do you think it's these patents, Padres, Phillies, Mets? Man, it, it's tough. I, I really like the Padres, too. Like, I think they're probably one of my favorite teams in the National League. And if not, they are my favorite. And maybe that's a little bit. You know, I think once Manny Machado got there and they got they started adding big pieces like Blake Snell and when, just when the Padres was like the place to be in the National League at the time, other than the LA Dodgers. Um, I really like the Padres. I can they do? I here's my here's my thought process. I think the Padres are a first round exit. I really do. I I think the thing is, there's teams that are just known as teams that choke and you can look at the Leafs for example right they always they can never win in the big moments and you know the Yankees I hate to do this to you Spencer but they're that kind of team for the American League I mean if anyone's expecting an upset this year in the American League it's going to be the Yankees getting ousted in the first round again and I think the Padres all I'm going to say is the Jays, I think they make it out of the wild card, but they not win the first round. I'll say that. Well, I'll be it, honest here. It'll be when tough, say, but... Yeah. I say I think the Yankees go to the ALCS. I think the ALCS, they probably play the Astros. No offense to any of the wild card teams. That includes Cleveland, because they had to play a wild card game, because they only down the top two teams from the division ticket. And Cleveland's obviously the bottom of the... Uh, of the Cleveland's ALCS. my second team. Cleveland's my second team I have that's going to choke. It's either going to be the Yankees or the or the Guardians. 
I'm sorry. Well, like, and, play in Tampa in the wild card game, so they're probably going to get slapped unless. Tampa oh yeah. There, yeah. Tampa. Yeah. Well. Oh, by the way, I think it's been set. The Jays do have home field advantage now for the wild card. Game one is going to be uh, this upcoming Friday, and guess who's going? Um, the big man on the screen right now. Heck yeah, yeah man! I bought you, a I ticket. Saw you post your ticket. Yeah, I saw you post your ticket. Well, yeah. Okay. When you see him lose to Seattle, my pick deal of the wild. The Should world be fun. Series. First ever pro. Uh, first ever pro playoff game. I. Oh, it's gonna be so much fun to watch you watch the Jays lose because Seattle's going to the World Series. But anyway, um, yeah. Currently, the playoffs brackets look like this: Tampa plays Cleveland. Winner of that plays New York. The, then the Yankees. Then you go over to the, the bottom, and it'd be Houston as the DS team. They play either the Jays or Seattle. Over at the NL, the Braves play either St. Louis or Philadelphia, the uh, Cardinals or the Phillies, and then LA will play one of the Mets or the Padres. Now, Al, could you imagine a Mets, pod, a, a Mets, a Dodgers for uh, AL, NLDS? Not even CS, NLDS? Two 100 win teams in an NLDS. That's going to be absolute mayhem if that's the way that works out. Obviously, it's still going to be the Padres, but I would go as far as to say I have a lot of confidence that DeGrom would win in a one on one game. It's, it's definitely going to be crazy, and I do think this will be one of the wildest years yet. What, sorry, one of the wildest postseason runs yet that we've seen in the last couple of years. Um, I think there's going to be chaos. Yeah, for sure. I think there's going to be upsets, and I think it's going to be very fun to watch, and I cannot wait. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Now to our last topic of the night. We're going a little short today. Let's go. Let's, hold, let's, let's hold, go. Let's, no, we're not going short. You know what? This is this is not short. This is called reasonable time, my guy. Okay, I can smell dinner upstairs. By the way, yeah. for those of you who don't know this, I live in my aunt's because I save money that way uh, while I'm yeah, in school. Because he's, <laughs> he's a curmudgeon. Well, it's okay. I smell my dinner yeah. too. Jalen brought in my dinner while we were doing this, and I heard it. It was kind of funny. But anyway, so lastly of the day, we're talking about the NHL predictions. Al and I going just coming out of the preseason. We still got a week till the NHL starts. We're about five days. October 7th is opening night the NHL. Al Can't I, wait. Can't wait. Al and I are not going to pick cup winners. Al and I are not going to pick playoff teams. Al and I are going to pick one through eight for every single division. And we're going to tell you who makes the playoffs out of those divisions. So how do you want to start? Do you want to go division to division? We'll start east to west. Let's just do, yeah, like, let's go east to west. We'll go one through eight. I don't really want to do division because that always gets confusing. So I just want to go, like, I'm going to go who finishes one through eight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one through eight through each division. Okay. So All right. we'll start with the Atlantic. The Atlantic? The, Atlantic. the, the most important right. division in hockey right now. Al, who do you have? Well, we'll I'll still let you start. Who do you have one through eight? From first to eighth in the division in the Atlantic, who do you have? All right, in the Atlantic, I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning at number one. I think that's pretty obvious. I okay. think uh, I, I think they're still going to be a tough team to beat. Um, I'm going to go with Toronto as a follow-up. Toronto in second. Yep. I mean, it's it's kind of like. Uh, it's a long reach considering we don't really know what the goaltending will look like throughout the regular season. But if it goes as good as it's going right now and both are healthy, I I think Toronto is a safe lock. Um, I'm going to go 
with yeah, this is tough. I'm gonna go with the Florida Panthers. Thank God, at least I'm third here. Ooh, I forgot about them. Uh, yeah, well, because they're I don't think they're gonna be as good as the Florida might make the playoffs this year, but they're gonna be a first round exit. Um, and then my fourth and final team. I have a 4A and 4B here, Spencer. Okay, who's your 4A and who's your 4B? 4A will be the Ottawa Senators. Okay. 4B, the Detroit Red Wings. So Boston's not even the top six. They're, they're the sixteen, I have to assume. I That's think Boston's goal. I think Boston is a. I think Boston and this. You know more about Boston because they are your team after all, but I think Boston's in for a rude awakening this season. Other teams built a lot. They lost a lot, and I'm sorry. It's a good goaltending tandem on paper, but Jeremy Swayman and Linus Allmark are not going to win you a lot of hockey games. Not uh, this Well, compared to Samsonov and Murray, I think it's a pretty comparable tandem. I think. You know what? I mean, yeah, when it comes to that. I think Swayman's the best of the four. So, yeah, anyway. when it when it yeah when it comes to that, fine. You know what? You're right about that. I mean, your goaltenders have a lot better chances than uh, than the Leafs goaltending right now when it comes to winning hockey games. But uh, so that's what I got in the Atlantic Division. Um, well, I I'm, you, I like it. I, I'm okay well, with it. I'm satisfied you, with my picks. Well, of course you are, because of your picks. They're bad ones, but they're your picks. Anyway, so I have it one through eight because I did the actual assignment. Because you know I actually do homework around now. Anyway, so I have first. As they were last year, the Florida Panthers. Can I flip I you off on game. this? I'm gonna flip you off. There you go. Of course, there you go. I'll make sure I make sure I don't have you up when I say that. So it works out <laughs> perfect. So they just hear, they just hear you say that anyway. All right. So I put Florida number one. They were first last year with 122 points. They won the President's Trophy. In second, I have the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were third last year at 110 points. I have them second this year in the Atlantic. In third, do I do it? I told Al I was between a 3A and 3B, and I really want to do it at the upset him, but I'm not sure I should do it for to be right, if you will. But I think I have to, Al. Toronto gets third in the Atlantic. All right. Toronto gets third in the Atlantic. Ottawa gets fourth. They were the team I was arguing with. Toronto is between third and fourth. I think it's going to be a lot closer than it was last year. The Eastern Conference was literally eight teams and everybody else. Those eight teams had basically set up their playoffs by basically February. We were playing the last three months of the year as just formalities, basically. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I say that's a safe assessment. Like, literally, the top the eight teams that made the playoffs in the East all had over 100 points. No one else had more than, I think, 90 from looking at my sheet. Black and Ward, 80. The top team who didn't make the playoffs in the East, the Islanders, 84 points. So oh it was kind of not close. Not they're, close. They're going to they're gonna suffer this year, the Islanders. You think so? Well, anyway, before we get to the Metro. So the Islanders be a lot closer. I have Ottawa in fourth. I have Boston in fifth. Ottawa was seventh last year. Boston was fourth last year. I have them in fifth. I have them making the playoffs. I have the top five teams in the Atlantic making the playoffs. I have five Atlantic teams making it. Detroit's in sixth. They're going to be really close this year. They're going to be very, if not upbound Boston for that fifth seed and making the playoffs, they're going to be very, very close. So Detroit in sixth. Buffalo, obviously, in seventh. They were fifth last year, actually. Very good end of the year. I think they end in seventh. I think the Atlantic is just too good. 
for them. I do think they're a good seven team, but they're not going to be a top team compared to the speaking of the other teams. And then Montreal was last. They were last last year, 55 points. Oh, yeah. Montreal's going to have they're, they're going to have growing pains and they, they have zero golden. They're, they're already talking bad about Slakowski, the guy who drafted first overall, so I don't even want to hear from Montreal fans this year. They're going to be probably the worst candidate going in. It's not close to it. Yeah, no, like I think the what we're going to see out of Montreal this year is they're going we're going to see that they're going to be dangerous in the next few years offensive, but until they find a goaltender and don't get me wrong, you might not find another Carey Price. That's okay. You don't need to. But I will say this, uh they they need to figure it out. I mean Jake Allen is great and all, but I don't think he's the answer. Um Metro. Oh, Metro? <laughs> Number one, Carolina Hurricanes. I tell with the jersey and the shirt. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I mean, it, no, I mean it's a no-brainer. You want to give me? You want me to give you a few arguments or not? Like, I mean, if no, goaltending, nah. we we don't need the R of the arguments. We're good. We know. Okay, we're yeah. We, I, if you've seen, if you've tracked of the Carolina Hurricanes offseason, you it's a pretty much a done deal that they're going to be first in the Metro. All right. At second, the New York Rangers. I think that's a Who solid pick. This is, the, this is the interesting one. Third is the, this is the tough one here. Um, I'm going to go with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, my Lord, Al. What are you doing? I, I'm, it's a bold pick. If I'm wrong, so be it. But I got to I think Columbus is a team you can't sleep on, and um, this is – I have another 4A, 4B. This is another tough one, too, because, like, damn, the Capitals are – nah, you know what? I don't know if they'll make the playoffs this year, to be honest. The Caps, like – Oh, wait, they have Darcy Kemper. That's right, but, like, I, okay, fourth for right now, if I'm going off, this is just, like <sighs> – Damn, it's I okay. I have, I have I have three picks. This is the problem here. The Metro is going to oh, this year. The Metro is going to suck. It's not going to be able to keep up with the other the other teams, yeah, in my opinion. That's I'm going to go. I'm going to go with. I'm going to go in order here. I'm going to say don't sleep. Don't sleep on the New Jersey Devils. You're putting New Jersey fourth? No. But yes. But no, I'm gonna go with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's my oh fourth my pick. Lord. Pittsburgh's my fourth pick. Then I have the Capitals and the Devils. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Devils make it a little interesting. Al, you're unbelievable. So my, I, I, I like I underdog stories lately. I don't know why. Like, I'm just into it. But yeah, I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's gonna. Pittsburgh is my fourth. I'm locking that in. That's my fourth team. Okay, so wait. Do you think three Metro teams make it, or do you think four Metro teams make it? You think Metro gets a wild card seed? Because I don't. I think they should get the three, they the top three divisional. Yeah, no, the Metro's shit. So I'm go like, yeah, I, I'm gonna have to, yeah, I'm gonna have to say that uh, the Metro teams are like, there's definitely going to be one wild card team. You think there's gonna be one wild card team in the Metro? I mean, it's so I know. Freaking- I no, I, I'm gonna leave it. At, I'm gonna leave it as four picks in each in each division. There you go. I'm gonna do that. Okay, so I'm gonna Al, say you, I'm gonna say Pitt, I'm gonna say Pittsburgh is number one, but you know what? Things can change. It's hockey, and at the end of the day, like 
the, you're, you're going to be wrong because you suck. Anyway, so I have Carolina number one. Yep, easy there you pick. go. For, for first last year, 116 points. Rangers second, easy pick. Second last year, 110 points. Now my third team. That was a pretty obvious pick between Pittsburgh and Washington. I got Washington. They're third in my in my rankings. Those are the three kids make the playoffs. Pittsburgh is on the outside looking in this year for the playoffs. Wow. That's okay. I thought, I, thought, I thought you were going to say Pittsburgh because I like the goaltending situation a lot more than I do in Washington right now. But they're, they're all injury prone. Jari's injury prone. Dismiss injury prone. I don't like any of the old guys Pittsburgh's got. Like Malkin's probably going to get hurt again. I don't really like Gensel. Never really like Gensel. Crosby's probably going to get hurt. He's old. I'm not sure if I trust Latang. Like Pittsburgh's just old to me. They're just really old. And I think I both, this is the year they're going to implode. I think you look at both rosters, though. Washington and Pittsburgh are very comparable in the sense that... Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm not saying it's not going to be close out. I'm just saying Washington beats out Pittsburgh for that last playoff spot because I don't think it's going to be a wild card team. I think they're going to be the last two teams to fight for that playoff spot, and they're both going to be garbage. So it's going to be whoever wins that last game. I think it's going to be OB and Washington. That's okay. All right, so I like it. Pittsburgh gets fourth. Fourth, as I said, they're going to be close to Washington. Outside, outside looking in on the playoffs. I don't think they make the playoffs this year. I think Boston and Ottawa take those last two wildcard spots. Then fifth are the Islanders. I think they have a good team, well played, well put together. I love uh, Sorkin, but just I don't think they're going to be able to make the playoffs. I mean, Metro's garbage. I just don't think they're going to be high in fifth. Sixth, I got Columbus. They were sixth last year. The only two teams I flipped from last year's Metro division is Washington and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh got third, Washington got fourth. I'm going to put Washington third. They make the playoffs. Pittsburgh fourth. They don't. So then Columbus 6th, New Jersey 7th. I do agree with you, though. New Jersey is a dark horse pick. They do look really good coming into this year. I don't trust them like I did. Like I didn't trust them last year. But I definitely see what they're talking about. They could be a team to upset some people and make it close. I don't think they make a but I think they make it close. Kind of like the Devil, or kind of like Detroit and the Atlantic. I was going to say. they make it close, I don't think they make it. I was going to say Detroit and the Devils will have very similar seasons, in my opinion, when it comes to uh, when other teams play them. Uh, throughout the season. And then Philadelphia uh, is my last seed in the Metro. They're garbage. They're going to be last. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> another another okay. bleep there, Alex. Great job. Anyway, now to the Central. Central Division. Yeah. All right. This is pretty easy. Uh, Colorado is going number one. I think they're going to go on a run again this year, even though they don't have Darcy Kemper in net, but I, I'm completely comfortable with Pavel Francouz and Alexander Georgiev. Um, uh, for number two, I'm going to go with the Nashville Predators. God, I hope the fans don't think that you and I carry lists, but continue who you got third. Third, this is going to be one of those... Um, I think they finally, they're going to find, well, I'm a, okay, St. Louis, obviously going to have to throw them in there. Um, I think I really like them, Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas. The guns are there, and they're finally developed, and they're ready to go. Ryan O'Reilly's still a beast. Um, Jordan Bennington, the best goalie. Jordan Bennington is still, I'm not a fan of him, but I have my reasons. And then fourth. I'm going to go with. Um, There's an obvious yeah. pick now, Al. If I say. Um, where was I going with this? Where were you going with that? 
Oh, sorry, the Dallas Stars. You're putting them four. Jason Robertson, Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn. They have Miro Haskin in together. Ben's old garbage. I like Heisman and I like Robertson. Here's the reason why. Here's why. Here's why. Jake Ottinger. There you go. You said it right there. Jake Ottinger is going to be the reason why the Dallas Stars stay with it. And you know what? The Dallas Stars, in my opinion, had no business to be in the playoff picture last year. No business at all. And they were there. This year, considering the playoff experience they had, I think they are going to make it in. The Winnipeg Jets, I'm not sold on them at all. I think they're, they need to blow it up and they need to figure their shit out because it is not... They stripped Blake Wheeler of the sea over there, first of all. I don't agree with that move. If you're going to do that, why not just trade him? Because the fact that you've been keeping him there after that, um, I don't understand it. I don't care how old the player is. I don't think you need to make the best player your captain when it comes to stuff like that. Um, I, agree, I agree with that. And, and when it comes to goaltending, yes, his name is Connor Hella Buck, but it's more like Connor Hella sucks, in my opinion. He has, not been the, he has not been the Vesna goaltender that we've seen in the past. And... He is not a playoff tender as of late, in my opinion. I think his he's got he if he finds his game, sure, maybe. But Mark Shifley's unhappy. He's voiced that. I don't care if he's come back out afterwards saying he is happy and it was just one of those where he had his little moment, his little tantrum, and that was it. No, no, no. Mark Shifley, this is my hot take for the Winnipeg Jets. Mark Shifley gets moved at the deadline if things don't go the way it's going oh, no, to go, oh, no, no. or they, the way they, the Jets they, think it's going to go this season. If, yeah. They sell they're not a playoff team, but come the trade deadline, and if they're not close, if they're not close to a playoff spot, Mark Shifley is gone. Yeah, hell, they also going to get canned. They're going to be selling. They're if they're not a playoff contending team, and if I even if they're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs yet, from playoff contention and by the trade deadline, which by the way has been announced, it is March third. Yeah. I think the Jets blow it up. Yeah, no doubt about that. I agree with that. Now, to my sense. I, I think they they become big sellers at the deadline. And just because the Leafs are dumb sometimes. <laughs> if Connor Hallibuck becomes available at the deadline. You can't afford him. I'm, you can't afford him. Not right what now. But hold on. Get this. Spencer, what, what did the Tampa Bay Lightning do the first cup they won? Not in 2004. I'm talking about the one, re, the first you, one. You want to do the LTIR, long-term injury reserve, and get a bunch of extra cap space. All I'm going to say, if Connor Halibuck is on the market, I can see the Leafs being in on it. And if there's one thing the Leafs have shown over the years when it comes to making deadline moves, Brandon Pridham and Kyle Dubas know how to move money. And how to make it work. Sounds like a mafia man right there. They want to move money, baby. They don't want to make sure money's not found. Anyways. Okay, I want to hear your picks now. So to my central. You missed a big team, by the way, Tom Tom. You missed a big team. And you'll hear it. You'll hear it. Were you gonna, well, are you going to say Minnesota? Colorado's don't give me that shit. Minnes- Colorado, no. Colorado's an obvious number one. 119 points, second best team in hockey last year. They won the, well, they won the cup. Nashville's number two. I also had Nashville number two. They were fifth last year. I don't know how in the world you pick Nashville out of a hat. I love Soros. I love Forsberg. I, I like Johansson. I mean, 
I like Granlin. I like most of their team. I think their team's fantastically talented. I even look at their defensive core, which is great with Yossi and at home and go down the list. Fabro, we'll go down the list. Number three is Minnesota. For obvious reasons, Minnesota's fantastic. They were second last year in the Central. I think they dropped down one spot. They lose Kevin Fiala to L.A. Fantastic forward. He's going to be hard to replace. But they still got Kaprizov. They still got Oliver uh, Joel erickson Eck. They still got some real talented forwards. John J. Greenway on the third line. They can move up to, to fill that Fiala spot. A lot of faith in that Minnesota team. I think they get third. I also have St. Louis so, in the playoff spots. I have them in fourth position. They were third last year with 109 points. I got them in fourth. Winnipeg's in fifth. Dallas is in sixth. I think Dallas is going to be bad this year. Um, Arizona is in seventh. And Chicago is in eighth. And in my hot take, I think Chicago is the worst team next year in hockey. And they are the worst team in hockey. Wow. That's I mean... They're going to be one of the worst teams in the league, that's for sure. I think I think it's going to be between Chicago and Arizona again, no, to be I quite think, honest. I, I, I think Montreal's going to be right there, too. I think Montreal's going to be right there. But, no, I, I think Chicago's yeah. bottom of the barrel. I think Kane's going to oh. want to Oh, they have, no, they have no think, team. Like, I think Toes. They have nobody. As soon as they move. Pardon me. I like using Toes as a joke, but Toes. Just in case anyone doesn't know. As, soon, as soon as they moved to Brinkat, I was like, it's over. Yeah. They lose, they lose Dak, too, for Romanoff. Like, they literally trade one of their best young four. They drafted third overall for a middle they, defenseman. Like, what a joke. Oh, yeah. And, like, kudos to them. Like, they got, they got draft picks and all. But, I mean, so the reason why I didn't pick Minnesota, I basically based my picks off of goaltending. Marc-Andre Fleury? Are you joking? Dude, come on. Are you joking? You're trying to convince yourself that Mark Andre Fleury is going to have a good season. Come on, man. He's going to have a decent season. That seems really good. He's going to have to be really good because I I don't think that Minnesota. The only way Minnesota gets into that picture is if they outscore their opponents. Matt Dumba is not going to save you. I Al, you're blasphemous. Fleury's going to be great. No, fine. Get third in the okay. Central. You're an idiot. Well, I, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see. I'm just telling you right now. I don't think so. Okay, fine. Minnesota makes the playoffs. I'll put money on it. No doubt. No doubt. We'll go with that. I'll take your money. I'll take your money. Easy money. I'll take your money. Now to the Pacific, Al. All right. Pacific. Who do you have? This is where it's going to get interesting as hell because this division is going to be fun to watch. Okay? I'm very excited to follow the Pacific. All right, number one, Calgary Flames. You put Calgary number one? Oh, yeah. I'm on. I th- No, I think this is their year where they're going to th- – Calgary had a great offseason. And don't get me wrong, Brad Trivling, Trivilling – or Trilliving, sorry. Jeez, Louise, I can't say that. Trilliving. Don't get me wrong. He did say it doesn't mean nothing until, you know, it, that doesn't mean nothing how good of an offseason you have. That's not how you decide GM of the year or whatever. But I think Calgary is a much better team than last year. The problem with Calgary is if Markstrom doesn't collapse and doesn't absolutely disappear, because let me tell you something. Any hockey fan knows that that Dallas series burned him out. Oh, yeah, no doubt. It drained the – whatever he had in the tank drained him. They didn't expect that series to go that long. I think fans didn't expect that series to go that long. He burnt out. That wasn't expecting that series to go that, that long until Jake Ottinger decided to go Superman. For- <laughs> oh, Jake Ottinger? Honestly, Jake Ottinger should have had the cons, Mike. Number two is going to be the Edmonton Oilers. 
Okay, that's obvious. Number three, the Los Angeles Kings. Oh my, ow, come on. You're missing someone blatant here, man. Come on. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm getting to it. Number four, the Vancouver Canucks make it in the division. You put Vancouver at four? Yep. Repeat that. No, no, no. You got to say that loud and clear. You like that? You said it. I want you to say it nice and clear, nice the and loud. Vancou- okay. The Vancouver Canucks are my number fourth pick. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. So, Al, do you know who you're missing yet? Do you see who you're missing? Not only did you miss Minnesota, you're missing my number one team in the Pacific. The team I put number one at the very top of the pile in the, in the Pacific. I'm listening. The Vegas Golden Knights are the number one seed in the Pacific. They were fourth last year, missed the playoffs, might I add. But they're in this year. They're the number one seed in the Pacific. At number two, I have Edmonton. I think Edmonton with Jack Campbell is a good addition. I think it's better than what they've had in the past. Obviously, Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl stay healthy. I like Darnell Nurse. Evan Bouchard's a great power play quarterback. Even though on the Knights, though, they're staying soft. Anyway, Shut I, think up. Edmonton, I think Edmonton gets second. In third are the Calgary Flames. I don't like their, I don't really like their roster. I didn't like it last year. I don't like it this year. I like Markstrom. Don't think he's that good. Like some of the defensive core. Not exactly trusting of the team. I put them third. You do know, you do know the Flames. Really? They won the Pacific last year. Yeah. You have, you know, people are called, okay, you couldn't call me a moron all you want for leaving out Vegas. I'm sorry, but Vegas is a bunch of band-aids. They have no goaltending. This guy goes back my break again. Mark Stone's a freaking piece of bamboo on the ice. Who knows what he's going to get hurt here. And did I mention they have no goaltending? Where's Robin Leonard? Logan Thompson's going to save that? By the way, Shea Theodore's great and all. Petrangelo's great and all. But he's Petrangelo's on his way out, in my opinion. Vegas is not doing it. Vegas is not doing it. The Calgary Flames, people are calling their roster better than last year. And I'm one of those people. There's no way in hell that they finished third. No I'll, I'll put some more money that Vegas is higher than Calgary. You, my, my you are a madman. But my fourth seed in the Pacific is Los Angeles. I think Los Angeles gets the fourth seed. I think they make the playoffs. Vancouver's I think that's real. Vancouver's in fifth. I think they're close. I don't think they make it. I think St. Louis, Minnesota, Nashville, and Colorado are just better than them. So I don't think they make the playoffs. I think they're close. Um, Anaheim's going to be a fun team again this year. They're going to get better, but they're not going to be there yet. But I think they're one year away. I think next yeah. year is going to be the year. I don't think, I don't think this year is going to be it. I think it's next year. They're going to be close, though. They're going to be close to Vancouver and close to the playoffs, but not there. The Kraken are seventh, and another hot take. San Jose is an eighth. San Jose is going to be hot garbage. San Jose is going to be right there with Chicago. Oh, yeah. For the worst team in hockey. You, you, know, know, you, know, you know what's sad about the San Jose Sharks? Their jerseys are going to be better than their plants here. Oh, definitely. <laughs> They're going to be atrocious. But, um... So, just for those of you who, like, my reasoning on my picks was solely based off of goaltending. 
because I do think goaltending is huge. That especially you put the lead third. You put the lead no, second. You put the lead second with garbage goaltending. You can't even say that, you liar. Don't even start that. The reason I'm start I'm that. basing it off of what I've seen so far. I'm waiting yeah. for Matt. I'm Sam waiting for. No, 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 no. Than I'm too, waiting. Right? Me too. Or I'm waiting. Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight. Me too. Spencer Knight, Bobrovsky individually are better than Matt Murray and Eagle, um, Elias Samsonov put together. Let alone the tandem. Dear Lord, I like Samsonov. I think Murray's garbage, but I like Samsonov. And they're not even comparable to Bob and uh, Spencer Knight. So what a joke. Absolute joke. I think. I think four. I was at Forsberg. Or no, is Philip Gustafson for Ottawa and Cam Talbot? I believe it's Philip Gustafson's his name. Uh, yeah, I think Forsberg got moved to Seattle, I believe. Yeah, it was, yeah, because they had Forsberg and Gustafson. They kept Gustafson. Philip Gustafson and Talbot. I think Talbot way, and Gustafson are better than Samsonov and Murray. By the way. By the way. I, this is a lot. It's already a lot. I, I was hoping to wrap this up soon, but I guess if we're going to talk hockey, we're going to have to get into it a little bit. I think Samsonov is going to find uh, the fact that he bet on himself. I think he's going to have one of his best uh, seasons of his career, his young career. I am not going to lie. I am waiting for Matt Murray's knee to blow out again. But both of them have looked very sharp bar. They look like they're hungry, and they look like they're bringing their A game. And if they do stay healthy, this is the year where Leafs fans are actually taking their blinders off for a second and going, this is not the year they're going to do it. And I always said, in my opinion, the one year when we have a lot of doubt, not just a little doubt, a lot of in the team is the year they might just do it. Now, am I saying the Leafs are going to... No. You want to talk about curses and stuff? It's not bad enough that NHL 23 had the Leafs hoisting the cup in their damn demo video. But this is not... I have the Leafs winning the cup this year, but if they do, great. I'll be really, really, really extremely happy. But... I based it off of goaltending, but at the same time, I mean, I guess, I guess what I'm also going with too is, if we're talking Stanley Cup playoff picture, I'm going with the team that's going to be the most active at the deadline. I pick those kinds of teams, the hungry teams. The, the, and by the way, New Jersey, the reason why I had them so high up, well, I mean, I had them fourth anyways, I had, um, is because they have Andre Palat this year. Columbus third for Christ's sake. Columbus has Johnny Gaudreau now. Patrick Liney looks like he's going to have a year this year. I like the attending. Merzlikens and um, Corpus Allo. I don't necessarily know. I like Adam Boquist on their back end. As let's be honest, they also don't have Oliver Bjorkstrand anymore. Seattle. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I... You know what? They're early picks, right? This is just off of preseason, so you can call. We can call each other psychos all day. Well, I, I can tell off, you, Calgary's not going to be better than Vegas. Oh God! Calgary's not going to be better than Vegas. Vegas has oh. no goalie. Logan, Logan Thompson's going to be good. Oh my goodness! Based off of what the sixteen games he played last year, I don't even know if that's the correct how number. How good the team is. Vegas one of the best rosters in hockey. You can call him a band aid. When that band aid is healthy, like Aaron Judge. 
61 bombs. So that roster stays healthy, which will be this year, they're going to be gross. They're going to be absolutely gross. And there's going to be nobody compared to them in the, in the, um, in the West. Well, no you know what? All right, we'll see. I uh, said I I picked off of who has strong goaltending. Yes, the no, Leafs no. are a little high. The Leafs are high up because the Leafs you're, fan. You're you're a Leafy it. You're a Leafy it. Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun season. I think this year there's gonna be a lot of a lot of us where it's gonna be a lot of fun teams. It, sure. There's a lot of yeah exactly yeah. Anaheim gonna be a fun team. I think even Seattle could be a fun team to watch. Seattle, Seattle's gonna, yeah. I think Seattle's gonna be more enjoyable. Fun team to watch. Like, there's a lot of fun hockey. Even the bad teams are gonna have those nights where they they look really good. Except for Montreal's gonna be garbage. Chicago's gonna be Arizona and San Jose. I think even Arizona could have good nights. Like uh, Chickering, I like Keller. You know, I I think Vizmelka, the the least himself. Vizmelka, shut your mouth. They're Dude, their whole yeah, Arizona is a whole different story, man. That franchise is an absolute freaking joke. Absolute joke. They can, they can sell out their building now. Huh? They can sell out their building. That's good. I I'm not even gonna respond to that. I'll let you have that. But anyways, well, um, can we wrap this up? Yeah, that that that'll be if you're for us, Al. As, as Al, <laughs> as Al tries to get rid of us because you know he's just so done with at least being you know maybe a four C in the Atlantic because Ottawa's gonna be able to outpoint him. I think it's gonna be close between those two. I promise you, Ottawa's gonna make it close in the Battle of Ontario. But anyway, that'll be oh Ottawa, I guarantee. I'm gonna say before we wrap it up, Ottawa is definitely winning the Battle of Ontario this year. Oh, definitely. They're gonna be really close to Toronto for that third seed in my bracket. Again, I got Ottawa fourth, Toronto third, Boston fifth. All five make the playoffs with Florida and Tampa Bay. But anyway, that'll be it here for us on the Outrage Hill. If you stay tuned for our next episode, which hopefully will be two Saturdays from now. We also can't guarantee it with Al's refereeing and my trying to make some money to go to college. But anyway, we hope to see you then. Same place, same time here on the Outrage.